I'm Travis Zipfel. This is The Training for Ultra Podcast, episode 83. It was pretty cool reaching out to you because you live almost exactly where I used to live in Columbus, Ohio, mm-hmm. and you run all the local trails. I'm having like flashbacks galore. And um, if you take a look in the in the uh, Train for Ultra, the book, I literally I write all about probably a lot of the trails you train on. So it was just weird and cool um, to be able to reach out to you, especially with Georgia Death Race coming up for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of the, I mean, you know, as much as I do like to get out of this city when I can, mainly on the weekends, uh, the, the weekday grind is, you know, I, I hate to say it, there's a lot of road mixed in with some of the trails, but um, yeah, just kind of grinding through the city and getting out of town on the weekends. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously looking forward to Georgia Death Race here coming up. Uh so where do you where do you go on the weekends to train? Because, I mean, I I lived in Columbus as a trail runner for probably two years, I'd say maybe one. I don't um, know, I can't even recall. But <laughs> Rocks and Roots is like almost the only trail that I could find, um, other than driving an hour in any direction. Yeah, I uh, I tend to find myself driving an hour in almost every direction. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I've, I've ran the rocks and roots, uh, trails up here. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're nice. It's, tra- I mean, it's, it's trail. Um, I, I tend to try to find some stuff with, you know, a little bit more vert or just some more technical stuff. Uh, I, I find myself down in the, the Athens, Ohio area. Um, I'll find myself up in Mohican. Exactly. Um, uh, a few weeks ago, I was just down in Yellow Springs. Uh, there's a lot of good trail, uh, but you do have to kind of go searching for it, especially living in the city. Are the um, um, are the garden gnomes still in that tree up in Mohican? Oh, you you betcha. Uh, I think that's probably around mile 16 or something. Yeah, <laughs> on the on the big loop. Always put a smile to my face. <laughs> like mm-hmm. as dumb as that sounds, just the fact that someone hauled those concrete garden gnomes up there was like. <laughs> kind of hilarious you find yourself uh after a real long day out there you find yourself thinking they're coming uh, a lot sooner than they are (laughs) yeah that's Uh, i'm (laughs) hallucinating with those things that might be kind of kind of a weird experience so take us back i mean you know a lot of people haven't heard of you yet and my expectations are that you're being really smart with your training you're very talented and you're newer to the sport, so you haven't stressed, you know, a lot of these muscles, um, you know, like a Michael Owen. <laughs> I'm just giving you yeah. a hard time. Yeah, thank you. Um, I mean, that's a guy I train with, uh, you know, as much as I can. Yeah, Ohio <clears throat> Valley Runners, is that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, we we, uh, we like to support the local shop uh, down in the Athens area. It's uh, Ohio Valley Running Company. It's a cool, um, It's a cool shop, yeah. Yeah, it's a real cool specialty shop down there. Um, but yeah, I mean my overall, uh, overall training, um, I'm newer to the ultra running scene. 
Um, I did, uh, as I was in high school, um, I started to get into triathlon probably my junior, senior year. Um, I started out with some of the shorter distance and kind of progressed uh, with triathlon for a while. Uh, it's It was a lot of fun. Um, it, uh, you know, it, it taught me discipline, taught me diet, taught me kind of good training habits. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I took that all the way to, uh, you know, the Olympic distance, the half Ironman distance, and then all the way up to, uh, the Ironman distance. And, uh, I don't know if I got burnt out with it, but I think I was, I was searching for something a little bit different. Um, it was a very, it's kind of a showy sport. I mean, I love it, but it's, uh. You know, it's, it's, I found too many people, uh, saying, you know, look at this or look at that. And, you know, it, it's a great sport, but, uh, you know, a lot of barriers to enter. You're, you're saying if, if you're riding a Huffy, basically like me, um, you're not going to be competitive. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm not saying you can't be, Yeah. but, uh, but you better have a pair, uh, pair of good legs to get you through there. <laughs> Make it up. That's yeah. funny. Um, so I mean, that's a pretty young age to get into triathlons. I mean, what sports were you playing prior to that? And, like, where were you growing up? And I'm just uh, kind of fascinated in your background. <laughs> what were you studying, yeah. all that good stuff? So I, I grew up in the uh, in the Toledo area. Uh, not really a small city, but Savannah. Um, so high school there, uh, pretty much by the time I graduated high school, I think I'd been wrestling for – 13 or 14 years. Um, it's kind of, kind of funny that I'm six foot four and skinny, uh, but I was a pretty decent wrestler. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's a weird sport for someone like me to be in. Uh, never don't have a cross country or ta- track track background. Um, but, uh, you know, occasionally, you know, growing up played baseball, all that good stuff. Uh, went to school in the, for college in the Toledo area. Um, and then, you know, eventually just, uh, my wife, uh, was my fiance at the time. No, I don't even know if we were engaged yet. Um, she had, uh, gotten into graduate school down at, uh, Ohio state and, you know, picked up our bags and and moved down here and, uh, kind of found ourselves, uh, in a community, uh, great community for a lot of outdoor stuff and, that's funny. I mean, my I, I met my wife Chrissy in Athens, Ohio, and we moved our way north. So we we basically did the same thing, and um, except you were much taller um, and, and just much more naturally gifted at at running and endurance sports. So uh, tell me, like, when did you pick up running and running only? Um, running only. I think uh, probably sometime after, probably after I finished my Ironman, I, I think I had this dream that, you know, I, I didn't really know what trail running was. So I think I had this dream that, you know, running only existed at marathon level. And, you know, that was like the, the extent, the max, like if you do marathon, you're, you're great. Um, so I think I had my eyes set on Boston. Um, for some reason that always had been like a bucket list thing. Um, and I never, I never quite at the time, you know, got my training schedule together enough to, uh, I was never fast when I, uh, 
like all my training never had enough there to make me fast and strong enough for a whole marathon. Um, I don't think it was until I started running ultras that my training was a large enough volume and consistency that my, when I stopped caring about trying to run a, a marathon, that's when I got fast at a marathon. Yeah. Um, well, of course, it, right? I mean, <laughs> you do a 50 miler and then you run a, a half marathon and it's like, you're set. <laughs> you're, you're pretty much good. I, I mean, at my speed, not any kind of Olympic qualifying speed or anything crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was fully expecting you to say that Andy Henderson or, or his brother got you into running somehow because he seems <laughs> to have <laughs> touched every single runner in all of Columbus, Ohio, including myself, mm-hmm. like just a super nice dude and um, yeah. like a, just a talented family of runners there. So, I mean, did did you enter like the Columbus Marathon or half like the Cap City? Was that kind of your first taste or – did you go um, straight into trails? No, actually, uh, so I, I had done a, a few marathons prior to, so I think I had done the Toledo Marathon twice. Um, ran, like, my first marathon ever was probably, a, I want to say, a 3.30. Um, you know, fast by some people's standards, slow by others. You know, I, I didn't really know what that meant at the time. I knew, I think it was a 3.05 that you needed for Boston at the time. Um, and then I think the second time around, uh, at Toledo, I, I was, I was probably in that, you know, 320 range, but, uh, at packet pickup, um, they had given me a, uh, you know, a flyer in one of my packets and, uh, it was for a 50 K and, uh, you know, I had no idea what that was at the time. Um, I just, and I think that flyer somehow made it into my room. Uh, I probably used it as a bookmark for six months because I think Toledo's marathon is in, in April. And, uh, you know, six months went by. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd just done uh, my Ironman, and I was kind of looking for something different. And still had that in a book. It probably, I probably stopped reading the book, probably picked it back up and, you know, <laughs> looked at that flyer. And uh, I was just like, oh, man, what what is this? And uh, actually, I think it was a... Uh, I think I'd asked my old college roommate at the time if uh, he wanted to go down to this race. It was in Indiana. Um, it was a 50K on trail. I had no idea, you know, what to expect. Um, but he said, yeah, let's go. And uh, we both signed up that morning. Uh, it, was the, it was the Huff 50K. Uh, I had no idea what it was at the time. Uh, now that I do know what it is, it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty fast, not very technical, relatively flat trail race um super super easy unless uh it it snows uh half a foot yeah um i'm i'm joking it's not super easy but it's definitely runnable but man Mm -hmm. it's in december Uh, oh yeah uh so being me thinking you know you know i just come off this this iron man i i think i'm you know, unstop, not unstoppable, but, you know, I, I felt like I was in the best shape of my life at that time. And I, I probably would have thought, oh, I'm going to be, you know, top 10 here. And I didn't realize there was 300 people that did these things at the time. Um, and, uh, I showed up, I think I had old Newton triathlon shoes on, 
you know, I even had the, uh, the stretchy laces in them. I think I had a cycling jacket on. I did have running shorts. Um, and I think, <laughs> honestly, I think I had cycling knee warmers on my knees. I, I had no idea what I was doing here. I mean, people were probably looking at me like, what is this guy doing? Um, but, uh, you know, I, I went out, like I said, thinking I was going to win. Uh, I was I was so far off. I think I finished in 200th place uh, out of out of those 300 people. Um, around mile 23, 24, 25, I think I just died. My my feet were moving around in those shoes. They were wet. Uh, you know, I didn't know there was trail running shoes even at the time. This was back in probably 2013. So, you know, six years ago. Um, yeah, it was it was an experience. I, but you know, when I finished, I was. I was so happy. Um, it, it, it just, you know, it brought new meaning of, you know, just exercise and endurance sports. Um, it was something uh, I couldn't, I couldn't, I, I couldn't wait to, you know, actually get out there and be out on trail again. Um, it it kind of changed my whole perspective on on running. Uh, so I, I mean, so since that was, then, that was the race that did it for you. You caught the bug after that, and I yeah. mean, it sounds like it's the trails are special to you and like maybe you were a little burnt out on triathlons, but at the same time, I mean, once you get, you know, a taste of like a good trail race, I don't see how you go back to roads really, unless you're just sharpening up and you're almost next level type runner. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, it, it, it's fun to run fast on roads sometime, but I, I'd so much rather just, you know, hang out, friends community that this trail running is, is so good at developing and building and just be out there with you know some good people and, and sharing some miles on the trail <clears throat> so i mean within a year and a half you put you win a race so you go from huff 50k a five and a half hour 50k which i i mean that's that's like a humble start I'll be honest with you. That's a really good race for me personally, but, um, <laughs> uh, I mean, humble start, you follow it up with some other trail races and then, I mean, I'm guessing it's a smaller local 50 K that you, you end up winning and getting a taste of, I don't know, racing 50 yeah. Ks <laughs> and ultras. Yeah. That's, um, I think that's kind of when things all started to change. Um, you know, I went from, you know, and, and I don't mean this in any way, like I went from just kind of having fun running them to, you know, seeing what I could actually do. Um, I, I always enjoyed just kind of being out there. It was never, I mean, it still is never just to go out there and win. It's all, yeah, it's, it's nice to finish well in a race, but um, it, it, you're, it's an experience in itself. Um, so yeah, my, uh, probably third or fourth 50 K. Um, it was, it was a smaller race. It was, I remember that it was, it was rainy, you know, probably 40 degrees and rainy. Sounds about right. That's uh, Ohio. And, Most yeah. of the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, just a nice, uh, I think it was in probably the Cincinnati ish area, Dayton area. Um, I, I can't remember the group that puts it on. They put on a few races down there. Um, I think that was another one just showed up that morning, uh, 2015 ish year was when I really started to 
put more races on the schedule and um, was coming off some actual training that wasn't bad and uh, finally uh, finally got on the podium, I guess, for the first time. Um, I don't know that it was a highly competitive race, but yeah, it, it, it felt good to you know feel like there was something coming out of uh, you know, that training that you are putting in besides just enjoying what you're doing. I mean, I, I like your ultra sign up. It shows like effort and progression in the fact that you all of a sudden really want to hone in on this. Like I can tell I've looked at a lot of these before. Um, I, I look at these for every single person I talk to at a bare minimum and it's cool seeing that progression. And it's also cool seeing the races you've done just having run almost every other one of them mm-hmm. even the same year sometimes like the <laughs> uh thunder bunny 50k in the inaugural 2016 year that's a michael mm-hmm. owen race yeah that was athen athens i think that was their very first ultra race that they ever had there which having gone to school there i thought was pretty cool um until it started raining like <laughs> all week until the race right yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, even, I mean, there's some, there's, he, he got some good people. He still does get some good people there. I mean, I think, uh, Devin Yanko was there. Uh, Nathan Yanko was there. Um, nice who, uh, people. David, David Riddle. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Riddle a lot of, crushed. <laughs> yeah. That year, I think, right? Or was it? Yeah, that was a year? rainy, rainy time too. That's a, such a great race. I, I run, I run around on that trail almost eh, I'd say half the times I go down to the Athens area uh just you know great trail in the area too well Michael just join you you guys just crush it yeah usually I'll uh you know I'll plan something out uh the day before I go down there and even if even if he's not available there's there's such a good community down there of just really rock star runners I mean there's so many I, I I can't believe how many uh guys that I'm friends with or know down there that are in college that are just so into the ultra running scene. Um, I mean, I wish I would have known about this back Same then and, and been as good yeah. as some of these guys that, you know, are, are putting the hurt on me when, when we're running like 20 mile runs and I'm, I'm back there struggling, sucking down water. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a good bunch of guys that, that run down there and you know, it's, it's fun running with people in that area. They just, they, I mean, you enjoy it, and they, they all make each, I mean, we all make each other better. So, I mean, the only mention, I, or only other question on Thunder Bunny 50K in 16, mm-hmm. just for my own recollection, because it was a long day for me, almost, twi- <laughs> almost twice as long as yours. Um, how were conditions of the trails? Uh, as far as I remember, it was pretty wet and muddy. Uh, it was raining that whole race, I, I believe. Okay. Um, I, and I've ran it in two pre, the last two years as well. Um, you know, it's been pretty warm. Uh, but, okay. It's almost like uh, a rainforest back in there. Like mile, I don't know, like you get 10, 12 miles in. Mm-hmm. It's like lush vegetation and just absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I mean, all in that state park. Yeah. Um, and kind of untouched. Were, the, were those trails still... Well, there's trails even there when you went there, or did you not even know about them? I, when I went to school in Athens, I, yeah. I was uh, more concerned about where the local pizza shops were <laughs> and uh, where am I going to take my, my hot girlfriend out on a date, you know, that sort of stuff. Like, 
and it was pretty much Chrissy, by the way, my wife from day one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it was not focused on athletics at all, mm-hmm. which actually was a, a pretty big change from high school because high school was like all about hockey and golf, like mm-hmm. winter, winter and summer sports. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I look back and I'm just kicking myself how much free time I had available and how many amazing trails are right there. So it's it's cool that um, I think Michael Owen even teaches a college course there now. Yeah, um, he does. Uh, he teaches uh, trail running there. Yeah. He, anyway. he told me I'm in the syllabus, which is like, wow, that's mind-blowing. Like, go figure. Uh, the yeah. guy who knew Avalanche Pizza Mm-hmm. better than anyone um <laughs> yeah he's got i mean he's got he's got quite a stack up of races going on down in that whole area there's there's a lot of good things coming out of the area and you know i think he he has a large part in, in building the community over there to what it has become today he doesn't get much credit for it and he definitely yeah. is for sure yeah. and and the listener like i don't know if i've ever told anyone this um the very first person i reach out to um for potentially coaching me in running was michael so yeah Yeah. i I thought very highly of him from just about day one um so you know i go through your your races and just having known the type of courses you're doing i think your 2018 year was highly highly underrated like probably (laughs) honestly i think you might have had maybe a top 20 or 25 in the world type year like I don't want to, I don't want to exaggerate it, um, but you took first or second in every race you did, and I know the number of people that show up to the races you're doing, and it's, you know, it's not like you know Killians there or anything, but these mm-hmm. are highly um, skilled runners that show up to this, and 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 the numbers of the people at these races are large too. So I mean, you start off 2018 with a. a a runner-up at Thunder Bunny, and then you win Mohican. I want to hear more about Mohican 100-miler in June of 18. Mm-hmm. That's a big win. Yeah, that was uh, that's my second 100-mile finish. Um, and, uh, you know, everything was – you know, I, I think I, I tried to have a really good buildup for that race. Um, everything was kind of clicking at the right time. Um but I mean, start that day. Uh, you know, I, I've I, I talked to uh, I talked to a few people that have done well there in the past, um, and uh, you know, I tried to just pace myself, not think about uh, not think about who all's out there. Um, you know, just started out with a group of you know five five to eight guys. Um, everybody, you know, it's all calm and calm and chatting. Uh, early early miles take away probably 10 miles in uh, until everybody really settles back into their pace um, you know, I don't think I ever was ever pushing very hard during that race uh, I think uh, you know as I was coming through I had been told told not to take the lead I, I know this sounds sounds silly but uh, uh, Mike who had won this race twice he, uh, he, he had talked to me before. He said, hey, don't, don't, don't take the lead until, you know, your third lap, your miles or fourth lap, mile 70-ish. Because the worst thing you want to do is, you know, be out front in a 100-miler, a race where, you know, things are just going to happen. Things are going to go wrong. It's, it's 100 miles. Nobody's, 
nobody's really supposed to just have a good, fun, easy hundred miles. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, you know, that didn't happen though. Um, mile 54 ish, uh, started my third lap, came around and, uh, yeah, I can't remember who was out in front at that time. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I saw him, uh, right at the first climb after uh you come out of the aid station to start your third loop and uh you know just figured this this is the time make my move now uh hopefully feel look like i'm feeling really good even though you know i'm 55 miles in i wasn't i wasn't feeling excellent but uh cruised right by him kind of kept the momentum going and uh just started to put time on everybody from then on so you, bro- uh, you broke him yeah, I don't know if I broke him. I mean, I, it, it was yeah. I mean, I don't know if he kind of that was his low moment, or you know, I didn't see him again. Uh, he could have been hanging with me. I just wasn't really looking back. I know all uh, about that because I get broken in the middle of the pack all the time. <laughs> <laughs> People um, fly by effortlessly, and I'm like, man, what did yeah. I do wrong? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was. I mean, it was a hot day out there. So, I mean, th- there was a lot of hydration issues with some people. I, I don't know. I was probably in the mid eighties, might've, might've been in the nineties. Uh, it's always humid in Ohio. And, um, and, and the tricky thing about Mukeekin is, uh, it's not exactly a, it, it seems like it should be a pretty easy ish runnable course, which, which it, it, it can be. Um, but, uh, a lot of people, think it's easier than it is until you get on that fourth loop and you know that's when everything really starts to catch up uh, catch up to you I, I totally agree i think it's a hard race honestly <clears throat> i mean i'd like <laughs> to go back there soon i was going to go back there this year but it's the the inclines like the overall gain isn't that much mm-hmm. but i would say there's like these sharp little ups and downs that just beat your quads up like yeah i think it's I sharp think it's, enough you know yeah i think it's in that like you know 13, 14, 15,000 feet of gain. It, it might not even be that. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, on paper it doesn't um, look like much, but mm-hmm. but yeah, it's it's it, it makes it it gives you that appearance or that that thought that it's it's more runnable than it is. Um, and you know that's where a lot of people burn up on it. I feel like um, so a, a consistent race there is is probably the key to success. Um, you don't want to go too crazy, and you know things things will hopefully pan out for the best there. So how but, did uh, how did it feel winning that race? How how'd like the last few miles go? I mean, were there any like surprises there and like No, nah, like, I mean <laughs> it was well, just I, an easy another easy hundred miler for you? No, nah, I was I was feeling <laughs> no, it wasn't it, it wasn't easy. Um I, I had my low moment uh prior during that race at mile thirty though. Uh so everything there, everything after thirty, you know, it sounds kind of funny that my low moment during a hundred mile race would be a mile thirty. Uh <laughs> but I kinda you know, I my head got out of the out of the right space for a while and you know i was second guessing why i was even running that race i think i was just hot um and uh you know coming across uh you know once i hit that uh like six miles to go aid station six or seven miles to go aid station um i think i had an hour and a half lead uh and they they once they told me that um you know i i knew i could I basically at that point, you know, with six and a half miles to go, I almost could walk it in. Uh, yeah. And, but obviously that's not what happened. I mean, I, I just felt, yeah, that gave me that extra surge of energy just to, just to kind of cruise right in, you know, just for the smile for the, for the last six miles kind of felt like a little bit of a victory lap. 
uh, coming underneath the tunnel, just kind of let out a big yell. And you know, I think they were surprised. Uh, I mean, it's not it's not anything near a course record, probably. But uh, you know, I don't think they were expecting somebody uh, to come in. You know, in that time frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, just from some of the previous years, uh, I know the heat's been a big factor in the in the previous years of that race. Um, and it, I don't think it was as hot as the year before, but uh, you know it was it was still a warm day out there in June. Yeah, I mean, eighteen thirty on a warm day there, and you're not even. I mean, it sounds like you were pretty moderate on pushing your pace and everything. I mean, it sounds ideal. It sounds like the perfect victory. <laughs> I mean, you didn't need to push yourself and hurt yourself i mean you had it locked up so i just want to go back to experience running in the dark there with all the tiki torches like Mm -hmm. it just seems like a really cool i don't know maybe i'm just reminiscing on it and maybe it's like oh this isn't that great but um i gotta go back to that race i i will um so 1830 at mohican compare that to grindstone you you finished grindstone in almost sub 20 which i want to say is one of the top times is that correct am i way off um i, I mean, don't i don't think it puts me on like the top 10 but i mean it's probably top 15 maybe ever. No, I, I don't yeah. know i it, it, it might be up there I, I i don't know off the top of my head um that race this year or last year was um it was that that was actually strangely a really warm race too uh for october i think temperatures were in the 70s um but i couldn't believe uh the the fog i mean i i think i was slowed down in the first 20 to 40 miles just because of how thick the fog was i was uh i was running up uh, to elliot's knob um and i i couldn't see the person two foot in front of me um, it was just the, the headlamp. I wish I would have had a handheld at that point, but the headlamp was, was making, making everything a little bit difficult to see. Um, but yeah, that's a very, very, very different race, uh, than Mohican. Um, I think it, I think it shows that I probably left a little in the tank for Mohican, um, to, to put out a, a much stronger, in my opinion, effort at, grindstone um although the the place doesn't reflect i mean it's still a you know a top top spot but uh the, the effort was there was definitely more of an effort there um that race is i would recommend it to anybody it's it's a tough you know that's that's east coast at its best right I, was, there. I was gonna say that should actually be if they consider like a second golden ticket race mm-hmm. i mean i know it's october so it's early but <laughs> yeah i've heard only good slash meaning difficult type <laughs> conditions there like one of my friends tommy like went out within the first five miles tripped and like hit his head on a rock or something like it's really technical course is that yeah. right yeah it's it's super technical i mean uh you've got just you know rocks everywhere over the trail i mean you just need to be on the whole time there's no time to really just let your brain wander uh you just need to be paying attention uh, for that whole race. And it makes it really difficult uh, to pay attention that whole race because, you know, it doesn't start till 6 p.m. Uh, so it's a it's a night start. Uh, I think they do that because of uh, it's like a 36-hour cutoff. Um, but it's a night start. So, uh, you know, I knew, you know, I'd never done a – I don't know that I'd ever – oh, I had my first 100 uh, 
finish at Woodstock was a, a nice start. But uh, yeah, that it, it's a whole different kind of race when you're running through the night when the nighttime is you know a majority of your race. Uh, it really you know it brings you up a lot when you get to see that sun in the morning. Um, but it, it's kind of I think it's harder mentally uh, even when you're feeling fresh. Uh, to, to be running in the dark uh, for that extended period of time. And uh, it's easier to kind of get down on yourself uh, when it's dark out. Um, so how, how did you cope with that? Did you have a strategy of like sleeping into the last second, <laughs> like caffeine? Like how'd you handle that? Cause you did really well. You took runner up and that's a amazing <clears throat> time and result at a very mm -hmm. difficult race. Um, I think, uh, well, I think I tried to sleep that day. Uh, that, that didn't happen whatsoever. Uh, once, once you wake up in the morning and you know, you got to run a hundred miles later that day, uh, it's a little hard to turn the brain back off. Um, I mean, I don't get overly anxious about race starts. Um, I kind of just get quiet and, and kind of get in my own head, uh, just relax, think about what I'm going to do. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the, I did get tired during that race. I think around, I think around mile 70 uh, it might have been a little later um i i i was i was gassed i could hardly keep my eyes open so probably a little after the sun had come up and uh i had to i had to put my head down on the on the ground found a nice uh nice sharp rock to rest my neck on so you're so you're I, bonking hard <laughs> yeah i mean I, all the energy was there uh it was just i, I mean it was it was that sleep deprivation Okay. Um, you know, it's something I think I probably should have tried to adapt myself to a little bit more. Um, you know, I've done a lot of night runs, but you know, when you're, when you're putting yourself through, you know, a 6 PM start, um, you know, my body doesn't, doesn't really want to stay up all night running, even though it has multiple times here, it's, it's, it's tough to make it through that and, and feel good. Uh, you know, the whole race. Um, so I was, I was, yeah, I was, I was definitely fatigued. Um, I just needed a, we'll call it a cat nap, trail nap. Was, I, I think I, uh, I think I was down for about five to 10 minutes. Um, before, yeah, that's why I'd strategically placed my neck on a kind of sharp rock there. Cause I, I knew, I knew first place, uh, was only about 15 minutes ahead of me. Uh, but I was, I was going nowhere with, uh, with how tired I was at that point. It reminds me like John Kelly at Barkley, like <laughs> putting himself in the most like exposed area where mm -hmm. it's freezing cold. So he, I mean, hopefully couldn't sleep. <laughs> yeah. The things that kind of logic, right? <laughs> <laughs> the things your brain thinks is a good idea. Uh, you know, after you've been running for, you know, 12 to 20 hours, it, it should just be a reality show. Mm -hmm. every episode starts after like mile 75 and just tape it would probably be like jersey shore or something to that effect actually now i think about it um very poor decision making um how did you get yourself out of that so like did you just snap out of it like did you get enough sleep that you reset or did your alarm go off like what would you do how'd you get out um, of that so i i don't think i was in a uh it, you know, I, I was, I was very tired and I knew it. Um, but at that same time, my brain knew I was in the middle of a race. My brain knew people were creeping up on me. Um, so 
it, I think, you know, I, I tried to position myself in, in the, in the least comfortable way. Um, you know, I, I don't actually know. I, I might've only slept for two minutes. Who knows? Um, just those little micro naps, uh, do wonders for you. Um, you know, I got back up, uh, started, started going at it again. I, I think I had eventually closed the gap, uh, around mile 85 or so to about five minutes. Um, and then I, I think I was struggling with nutrition around that time, uh, that I had to, had to walk for a little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, overall at the, you know, I think there's a few things I could have changed with nutrition, uh, you know, maybe my sleep strategy. Um, but those, those are all things, hopefully, you know, if it happens again, I'll know what to do in that situation. And, uh, yeah, it's hard, it's hard to say. I'll, I'll go back and edit out that you were walking um, during a 100-miler. I'm pretty sure you're either running or hiking. I haven't heard of anyone walking. Um, you're either, like, asleep on the trail or you're hiking or you're running. Um, I've never heard the W word. No. Mm, yeah. It, it does yeah, happen. Sadly. It does. Uh, I mean, it. it, it uh, I, I'd like to go back to that course again and, you know, see if I could improve you know, how I ran there. Um, it's, it's beautiful out and back and it, it is, uh, dare I say there's, there's very runnable sections of that course, uh, that make that, uh, you know, I think, I think in my opinion, I could, I could bring my time down, you know, a, a pretty significant amount of time, you know, if I, if I went into it with, you know, the knowledge that I have now. So that's why I'm talking to you. Travis, you're the man. So what's what's the driving force behind you waking up and training for something? Like, what are your goals, aspirations right now? I mean, you're signed up for the Georgia Death Race. That's coming up in a few days. I mean, are, um, you, are you gunning for a golden ticket, or are you, are you going for, for the experience there? Because it is a totally unique race. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, um, I you know, it, it's always for the experience. I've heard good things about the race. Um, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's an early season, big race. I mean, that's a, that's a long haul for, you know, just coming out of winter. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think initially when I had, uh, signed up for that race, I had, I had intentions of really kind of targeting that as my a race for the year. Uh, you know, it, in going for some type of, you know, top, top finish there, uh, first, first, second place. I mean, although Andrew Miller's there, so maybe second place. Um, but the, uh, you know, my training has, has suffered a little over the last four or five weeks. Um, you know, I'm, I'm getting back healthy again. Uh, I did have a good base, so I don't, I don't know that I lost a ton, but I, I was dealing with, uh, you know, just some Achilles that Achilles issues that re aggravated, um, and uh i'm getting back um I, I still would love to have a really good race there um and and i it doesn't mean and i mean i'm showing up i mean i'm i'm gonna does i'm still gonna try i'm still gonna run um you know and if i have a really good day i mean who knows what could happen uh i don't feel that i'm at 100 percent training wise um but I, i'm i'm still gonna put it all out there i feel like uh and, and see see where i end up um I mean, so, I know there's. Go ahead. I, I know there's there's some good there's some good people in this field, um, 
and I really like that. Uh, you know, I've really stuck kind of to the Midwest and venturing out a little bit um, just outside of that, you know, some of the Virginia areas and Kentucky areas. Uh, but I think I'm really starting to expand my boundaries this year with some of my races. So what'd you do to recover from this Achilles issue? I mean, it's very, very common. Like, honestly, I've probably dealt with it a few times just in the past 30 or 40 days. I mean, for me, I just take a few days off. Unfortunately, that's the only thing I've found that really helps me foam roll it and Mm -hmm. just recover. Just don't do anything stupid and tear something like, how do you deal with it? Um, it's tough, man. Every day off just feels like it feels like I'm just losing so much, even though I know I'm not at all. Uh, it's just kind of tough mentally. I'd love to just be out there every day running. Um, I mean, one of my, I think consistency is, is the best training there is. It doesn't matter speed workouts, hill workouts. I think just getting out there every day is going to make you a strong runner. And, and when I'm having to, you know, sit for a week, sit for two weeks, drives me crazy but uh in that time i was you know i was doing a lot of stretching uh icing compressing Uh, i was riding my bike uh at a pretty low cadence i was doing some swimming um and just doing some general core stuff that i probably needed to get back on track anyway i've I've Um, seen this i've seen this play out before and it's amazing how your body is like finally recovering mm -hmm. like on a deep level and mm-hmm. I've seen guys like you bounce back and like win races because you think you're recovered, but it takes something to like actually get you to not run for two weeks. Mm-hmm. To Take then real have, time off. Yeah, then those muscles pop back and it's like a next gear that you have all of a sudden. So mm-hmm. I think I think uh it'll be more mental than physical at this point. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, hope I mean so, it- man. It's, it's a lot of miles for for an early, I mean, for a March race. I mean, I know some people have already done some hundreds out there. Um, you know, I like to I like to backload my hundreds. Um, so, you know, end of the season, yeah. uh, just, you know, once you feel like you came out of winter, you've been able to restart your training plan for the year and, you know, build up to them with some shorter, faster races and, and feel ready to go. Feel like you have that speed under you, but also that, you know, that long haul mileage. I don't know about that, but <laughs> I backload my 200s um, yeah, on absolutely. really slow 100Ks. <laughs> yeah, those, um, those are coming up in a little while, too. You got the triple crown, right? Yeah, yeah, I hope so. And I'll share it with the listener. I'm a pretty open book. I mean, my mom was in a pretty bad car wreck today, and she's fine. Uh, like, literally a miracle. Uh, she got, she hit or was hit, like, head-on uh, by a semi-truck. So I don't know how she escaped that one, but the Georgia death race, you know, in terms of ultra running, like I really want to do it, but my family comes first. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to be there, which totally sucks. Cause I've, I've been dreaming about this race, but I, there's just so many more important things in life. So I might be, um, actually not racing that it's kind of like a 50, 50 at this point. So we'll see. I don't want to upset her and not race. Oh yeah, which could kind of be something. So we'll we'll see. But I just wanted to share it. I mean, that's what's going on. So yeah, family family comes first. So we're take very care lucky. Of that. Otherwise, yeah. you know, it, it wouldn't be a good race experience, anyways. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So um, yeah, I think you're gonna. I think you might surprise yourself. And so if you do end up 
or no, not if. When you win a golden ticket, are you going to accept it for Western States this year? Um, I mean, if if I were to come across that line, uh, you know, in the in a top spot, uh, yeah, I think I'd probably absolutely. Uh, I'd, I'd love to go out to uh, Western. Funny enough, I actually didn't put my tickets in this year um, for the lottery. So I'm back at zero anyway. Um, <laughs> I had a few tickets in there. Um, my wife and I were, we were going through the process of buying a house and, and then we were out of the country and, you know, it slipped my mind and we were sitting at breakfast one morning and, and the, the lottery, I'd gotten an email that says lottery closed. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. How many I, tickets did you lose? Uh, uh, probably three no, nothing crazy but oh. i mean enough enough to you know make it feel like you know, starting back over is is kind of kind of a pain travis i made a whole movie about this with your buddy michael <laughs> called the yeah. seven year journey or something like i was well, trying to remind you man i did my <laughs> hopefully best mine's, hopefully mine's less than seven years and I, I don't have to wait another seven yeah i think it's called the uh for you it'll be like the seven month journey or whatever <laughs> Um, I so, can only hope. and then I, I mean, last question race related, cause we're hitting this hard is uh run rabbit runs on your radar for this year. I mean, what's drawing you to these stupid hard races? I mean, grindstone 100 run rabbit runs, probably the least comfortable I've felt on my legs for that period of time. Like maybe besides Moab 240, like what's yeah. drawing you to these mountainous tough races? You're from ohio aren't you supposed to be a flatlander yeah that would be the that would be the you know the easy assumption um i i don't know i i i kind of like to you know see what i'm capable of um i think the more challenging uh you know it just makes it more fun uh you really learn a lot about yourself when you're out there uh you know for those long hours and in those on those tough courses um, and, uh, you know, I, I kind of want to see what I am capable of and not just, not just trying to do well, but just trying to complete some, some big races. I've never raced out West. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just starting to branch out to some East coast races and I figured I'd, you know, put a, put a big kind of West coast race on there or, cool. or mountainous, mountainous yeah. race. And, you know, I, I don't expect to probably even be in the top ten at Run Rabbit. That's always a, a super stacked field. I just, I just know it's such a, such a great race. Steamboat's a beautiful area, and um, you know, I find myself in Colorado probably at least once a year, anyways. Um, so I figured might as well go out there, find a good race, and you know, just spend some time hanging out too, enjoying the scenery. Yeah, let me know next time you're in Colorado, man. Yeah. Um, I, I'm excited to see your future because although you are, you say you're so old being 30, um, <laughs> I mean, I I see a guy who's just three years into ultra running, honestly. I mean, 2013, you can kind of throw that year away. It's just you having fun. 14, you're mm -hmm. still figuring things out. Um, I, I don't think you've taxed your adrenal glands to the breaking point. And it seems like you're a smart runner. I mean, you're taking time off as painful as that is when you have the Achilles flare up and... I, I see big things ahead for you, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm expecting a win. No, <laughs> I'm not expecting anything other than you just 
having a safe race at Georgia death race and not hurting yourself and building in and seeing how run rabbit run goes. And again, some of the smartest runners I've ever come across are like, I might not win this race this year and maybe not next year, but the following year, like, I think I can win it. Mm -hmm. And if you have that kind of patience, like you're just, and I can tell you have that kind of patience from winning hundred milers. You don't win hundred milers without patience. Mm-hmm. Um, or even finish him honestly without patience. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with the the finishing. I mean, it's a it's a really tough distance. Um, it 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 takes a lot, and uh, you know, for anybody who has crossed the line at any time during any hundred miler, I mean, they they know. I mean, it's it, it's kind of almost unbelievable uh, that you know we can push our bodies that far and you know come out on the other end and. You know, most of the time be a better person because of it yeah i you you sort of remind me of like a um kyle Curtin, who like hey, have you thought about doing a 200 miler down the road or is that something for like old folks um you know it's it's not completely off my radar um we'll revisit that at some time <laughs> i don't i don't yeah. know i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't say no um but i, I think i would uh yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, 2020 could hold one. We'll we'll see. Um, I I like the draw, the the really kind of you know out there of it. And there's so many different styles of races that have just been coming coming to light lately. Between you know now there's 200 mile races, and now there's you know a lot of backyard ultra type races that are that are out there. Um, I think I'd probably be more in the in the likes of you know running a a 200 unrestricted how many miles per hour you can run type of race yeah as a, as opposed to you know the the backyard format um but at, you know it it's it's really cool what is happening um because as the as the community is is growing uh, and i think it's just growing more and more every year um you know i think a lot of people who you know might find a 200 interesting might not find a 50k interesting or people who you know, run a backyard style ultra race, um, uh, with, the you know, 4.167 miles per hour might find that just as awesome because they're running with, you know, elite runners or runners that they would normally never get to run with, um, because they might be, uh, you know, back of the Packers and now they're running with middle of the Packers that they've never had to have a conversation with, or they're running with front Packers that they, you know, have only seen, on the on the podium or you know people finishing in 36 hours of 100 mile races that they wouldn't have normally gotten to have uh, you know that that kind of connection and and community yeah no i i totally agree <clears throat> i think um honestly the sport's grown so much that even crowning ultra runner of the year has become difficult because there's so many different variants out there at this point like you know people honed in on the shorter ultras mm-hmm. and just crushing them and then like what is a shorter ultra is it have a mountain in in the middle of it or is it on a track and there's just so many different variants that i think it's great because it lets each individual choose what really motivates them and makes them happy and ultimately you know we're not all built to do grindstone 100 miler in 20 hours <laughs> like you know maybe a lot of us well physically can't do that but just you know that's not what we like 
Um, and that's just sick, by the way. <laughs> Still getting over that. Um, okay, so I'm going to change the uh, topic here. I'm going to try something different. I'm going to just throw my ad right in during this. Then I want to hear about your gear and training. And we'll go okay. a little old school with this, okay? Yeah. So I've, I've never done a, lo- a live ad. ad. I'm off to a good start. Um, I want to thank Ex- Exoskin. If you haven't tried Exoskin, I wear their socks and slippers half sleeves some of their base layers feel free to use my promo code t the number four u20 for 20 percent off big thank you to destination trail candace burt and her team i'll be doing the majority of their races this year Sufferfest beer hammer nutrition and then ultimate direction i'm still not sold on what what vests i'm going to use i was thinking halo i might go to a different one but i'm definitely going to be wearing a ultimate direction vest Hopefully during um, Georgia Death Race, but it might be for a different race. So we'll see if Georgia Death Race is still on. Um, so, Travis, main question. Toe socks, no toe socks? Is that, uh, is that a bad question? No, Do you think a I'm a bad question. Okay, toe good. Socks. Yes. Um, uh, probably 60% of the time. Um, I've been wearing toe socks probably almost since I started. I've only just started to incorporate a few non-toe socks into my race uh kits cool uh but generally speaking i'm always going to start a race in toe socks but if i have to switch out my socks i usually switch to non-toe socks because my feet are already probably starting to look pretty gross by that point and you know i don't want to be easy transition right i mean just throw them on you don't have to like put each toe in but Mm -hmm. um so do you wipe your feet down like with a a baby wipe and then do you lube your toes up at all, or do you just? No, I've never, in? I've never had uh, much issue with, uh, you know, blisters on my toes. Any issues with blisters on my feet, except for probably my first 50k. Um, even, you know, I've had really good experiences uh, with with the two socks that I do run in, and uh, I mean, I've stuck with toe socks for some time now, and you know, they're they're pretty great. My toes don't rub together. Um, you know, I, I lose nails, but I'm going to lose nails either way from hitting the front of my shoes. And, uh, that's not a, that's not a sock issue. Yeah. What, what kind of shoes do you wear? Uh, on trail, I'm probably only ever going to be seen in Solomon's. Um, I think there was a few other shoes I've experimented with, uh, but the Solomon, uh, sense rides, uh, they're excellent. I mean, it's a, it's a great kind of all distance shoe. I mean, from 50k to 100 mile and up um i think it's just it's got the cushion it's it's responsive yeah it's got those quick draw laces so Um, i mean what if if nike trail calls you tomorrow and they're like we're gonna write you this check you know it's not gonna be great because you're an ultra runner and i mean the economies just don't work very well uh in ultra running mm -hmm. so here's this check in where our nike shoes would you switch or would Um, you stick with solomon check or a swoop or whatever on them uh i think it all depends i mean i i can probably find a shoe that i like in everybody's lineup yeah um i mean my road shoes i, I switch between new balances and hokas um and my trail i've just you know i've gotten i've really liked the the stiffness of of nike i mean wow now you got me saying nike um <laughs> of Solomon. 
We haven't. Uh, yeah, I haven't wrote a check yet, and I don't work for <laughs> Nike, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, the, the Salomons are just responsive. Um, I, I know some people that run on some Nikes. I've always wanted to try them, but I've never, you know, w- once you find something that works, um, I just haven't, yeah, I haven't had a reason to, I guess. You yeah. know, nothing, nothing's really given me the reason to go, hey, I want to try a different shoe this year. I'm always um, like, I am so sold on this shoe, and then, like, the next model comes out, and then I have to mm-hmm. buy three or four extra pairs because they're on discount, and then... <laughs> Like I slowly work through those boxes and then I'm on my last box and I'm like, like, I just, I can't find the Hoka ATR threes anymore. Like they just don't exist. That's how I feel with, uh, makes me sad. I think they're Hoka's Hoka's doing it to me too. I, uh, I only used to run road in their tracer and, uh, they're from what I have heard. I know. I don't know if it's true or not because I, I saw another color on their website but somebody told me they were discontinuing that. Now this could all be hearsay, but uh, I, mean, I don't. I, I don't know if they're going to continue this is, that shoe. It's a high tech time that we live in. Can't we just have like a computer that remembers how to make these shoes and like <laughs> on demand, just like you know, three D prints us uh, whatever a Kiger or whatever shoe you choose. I don't want to offend any brands. Um, yeah, that'd be too easy. So, do you wear compression gear at all? Um, occasionally I will, I, I don't normally race in compression gear. Uh, generally speaking, I do compression for recovery. Um, very common my, answer. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, I have raced in it, uh, as I start to swell, um, just from, you know, that muscle overuse or just muscles being used, how much they are. Um, the, the compression gear bothers me a little bit sometimes. Same here. Yeah. So I, I've found myself mainly using it for recovery, um, but yeah, I, I do I do on a on a weekly basis, probably three four nights a week, use compression gear. Does the old like triathlete in you feel uncomfortable? Like you're just wearing shorts? They're not. Are <laughs> <laughs> you like this? this too much too much freedom. I'm I'm like basically running in boxers. Like, too much bare skin. Too yeah, much bare skin. The, the the triathlon in me would want to say, uh, yeah, compression gear everywhere and arm sleeves and you know tight uh, one piece singlet or whatever they call those. Yeah, uh, tri suits. Um, but yeah, I mean, I but I think that's what I really like about uh, trail running is, you know, it's so it's so simple, it's so minimal, um, and there's yeah, sure. You're always going to have people with all their, you know, extra gear on, but you can, I mean, you can be as minimal as you want, or you can have as, as much as you want. So any other gear that you like to wear, do you have a vest bottles? I want to hear about your watch nutrition, any um, sponsors you want to mention? <laughs> I got all mine in. It's time yeah. for you to get yours in. No, no sponsors on my end, but I do, uh, you know, I, I love the the ultimate direction bottles. Um, that's I, I usually you'll almost never see me wearing a vest. Um, I'll probably have to wear one for Georgia Death Race. I don't think I can put that spike in my bottle. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I like bottles over vests a little bit more. Um, I, f- I feel constricted uh, with a vest on. Um, it kind of feels like it's just hugging me a little too tight. Um, so bottles, even at a hundred miler, uh, usually one or two bottles, just handhelds for the whole race. Uh, the aid stations are frequent enough that, uh, I don't feel that more is necessarily 
going to help me. Um, but, uh, yeah, ultimate direction bottles. Um, if I have to run in a vest, I do have a Solomon vest. Um, their S lab vests are, they're, they're pretty spot on. Uh, they, they, it, as much as I said, I don't like to wear a vest cause it kind of feels like it's just, you know, a little too tight on me. It, it does exactly what it's supposed to. And, you know, they make, they make really good products when it comes to, you know, just apparel and, and vests and equipment. Um, so do you wear watch during races? And uh, yes. Training? Sun, Sunto, Suntu? Sunto, yeah. Sunto. I can never say it right. Um, really great product. I've been considering getting a new one. I've had mine for probably almost four years. I've never had an issue with it. The only issue I have with it is, you know, the battery only lasts 18 hours now. Come um, on, Sunto. Hook, hook Travis <laughs> up. I know you're uh, listening. But yeah, it's it's great great products. I mean, I haven't had too many watches that I dislike. Um, I, I've had some other ones in the past, but Sunto has kind of been you know it's a it's a warrior. You can hit it on anything, and you know it's still going to keep working four years. And I, I mean, the only thing is a lot of you know, sharp to, rocks I, later. <laughs> yeah, I had to tighten a screw on it. I think. Oh, um, nice. But that's that's it. Charges like a charges like a like the day I got it. So do you upload all your runs to Strava? Yeah. Um, just to track things? Um, you know, I was, uh, I think I forgot to upload a few in the past few weeks. But, yeah, I'm usually, you know, within a day or so after the run, it's, I'm usually getting it up there. I, I really, uh, I like to I like to see my data. I like to, uh, you know, I, I make all my training up as I go. I, I kind of lay out what I think is coming up and, you know, how I like to prepare for it. And, you know, I have kind of my own idea of what I think is a good training plan for me. Um, I strayed away from it this year and I feel like that's probably why I got injured. I tried to, tried to actually start running fast around the track once and uh, I never want to go back on a track again. Yeah. Those are some <laughs> more painful runs I've done. Um, yeah. what's fast for you? Um, I, uh, probably something I can consistently hold for, you know, six ish to 10 ish miles is, uh, in that five thirty range. Whoa. Um, I just want to run one five thirty. It could be downhill <laughs> even too. <laughs> what, um, what kind of one mile speed do you have? Uh, I, I don't even like to try that. We did, a. It's scary, uh, a of, right? A bunch of guys in the uh, in the Athens area. We did a downhill uh, one mile challenge earlier this year. Um, I think it was like 150 feet of elevation loss, and it was just like a slow grade downhill. Um, I think I might have been in the fours, four forty ish. Maybe no, probably like four fifty something. Is that that was? That was Owen after he won, or not won, but took like a top ten at Columbus Marathon. Uh, yeah, it was it was, was around that? that around that time frame probably. Okay. Actually, he I think he had that he had Columbus Marathon two weeks after Grindstone last year. Okay. This, okay. Last, I don't know. I yeah, I get all those races mixed up. <laughs> um, that's fascinating. Okay, he was by the way, I was with him. I think when he found out that you had won. Mohican and he was super excited for you so oh yeah yeah he was I, out west for probably I, three months i feel like i was with him that day or something weird 
so yeah he's a big fan of yours and it sounds like you guys have a cool friendship um so in terms of nutrition do you use liquid calories do you use standard gels do you eat slices of avalanche pizza there's a good sponsor Uh, for you by the way yeah i gotta i gotta pick that sponsor up um no uh generally uh you know i'll I'll try to do some liquid nutrition for about the first two hours uh i can do some goos and you know i can do roctane uh calorie and caffeine combo uh but after you know after about three to four hours uh so almost anything longer than a 50k uh, I need to eat real food. Uh, my body just, you know, it, it can't keep processing that all day. Um, so, I mean, I'll do peanut butter and jellies, uh, tons of fruit, uh, rice balls, uh, like, you know, veggie broth and some rice to get that sodium. Um, do you have a, a special diet? Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I mean, my diet is vegetarian. I'd say 99% of the time, it's probably even more restricted than that. Um, I'd say most of the time it's, it's vegan, but there's definitely, uh, you know, holidays or, you know, I'm not gonna, when there's somebody cooking for 20 people, I'm not going to be super restrictive. And, uh, you know, if there's, if there's pizza after a race or at a, at a race, yeah, I'm just going to get some calories in. Um, but I, I try to, I notice a difference with, I think it actually just makes me eat healthier, yeah. uh, more than, more than anything. And, you know, I switched probably about four, three, four years. I have no idea honestly anymore. Do you think, do you think that was part of the launch pad into getting better at ultra running? Cause that's kind of honestly, my next question was, what'd you change up? I mean, you went from solid middle of the pack at the Huff 50k which is not a difficult race to winning some of the harder races like what were the biggest changes you made I mean was it just the consistency that you talked about prior was it diet was a combination of like reworking your training plans um I think it was a big mixture of both um you know I I, as I was I I think the diet came into play because I just felt like I was you know, I had just turned 26 or something and, you know, I know it's not old, but you really start to think like, oh man, like I should start, you know, taking care of myself a little bit more. And then, you know, I think, so diet probably played in with, you know, is running and building more structure. And when I have a more structured diet, it's easier for me to have a more structured running plan. And, you know, on top of that, I just started building more consistency and, you know, really started to get out there more and have more friends in the community. Um, and it, it kind of all blossomed all at once, uh, to, you know, I, it, it kind of flipped a switch and, uh, I, everything lined up and, you know, the races were just, you know, maybe there wasn't anybody good at those races. Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah. uh, there's a. Uh, I was yeah. I was there for Thunder Bunny in sixteen, man. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't think I did very well that year. <laughs> yeah, you only took fifth place. Uh, I I took thirty fourth out of I think there was like thirty seven people probably. Um, <laughs> that was a cool race, though, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, just a few more questions. I appreciate all your time tonight. Yeah. Uh, I mean. What's like the key training run into a Georgia death race? I mean, are you focused on vert? Are you focused on 
on some speed work and then you mix vert? I mean, what's what's kind of like your long week in terms of mileage, if you perceive it that way? Like, I just want a few insights into how you um, developed a training plan into Georgia Death Race. If I had a perfect training plan, um, and, and I didn't because of my injury, um, generally, uh, you know, every other week, every third week, I always try to do a 30 miler, um, on a weekend. Um, I love big weekends, you know, big back to back days. Uh, I feel like in my opinion, um, that really teaches you to grind when it gets tough, you know, a 30 miler followed up with a, a 20 miler with, with some vert the next day. Um, it, it makes you, makes you better, but it also makes you hurt. I mean, it, it teaches you that, you know, not all miles are easy and, and you gotta, you gotta earn each one. Um, so, you know, kind of putting myself in tough spots, um, has helped me, uh, get to where I am, but you know, I didn't have a lot of that build up for Georgia death race. Um, I had a few good, I had a, quite a few good weeks prior to, uh, you know, about five weeks back. Um, I was putting some 90, 80, hundred mile weeks in, um, which is, you know, kind of where I like to be. I like those, uh, training blocks of like 400 mile weeks in a row, then kind of go down a little bit, then bring it back up for about 200 mile weeks. And then, you know, start a little bit of a taper. Uh, I don't like to, I don't like to rest too much before, uh, a big race, uh, just because I, I get a little too anxious. Um, so I mean, running just kind of, kind of relaxes me. Um, so yeah, I'd say, you know, my staple in my training diet is, you know, a 30 miler. I love 30 milers. They're just, you know, it's a perfect distance. It's a, it's a long run. Um, I mean, it takes a long time and, uh, you know, those big weekends cause you know, I, I work full time, so I don't get to go out every, every day. And, you know, I can't do 20 miles after work. I just, I just don't necessarily have the time. Um, so yeah, I'd say if, if, if everything went perfect, you know, it's 30 miles with some vert. Um, I don't do too many speed workouts. Um, you just try to, you know, the speed will come. So what advice do you have for someone trying to learn, you know, how to handle the mental aspect of a hard 50 miler, a hundred K hundred miler, like, cause you, you seem to have figured out something. I mean, what do you play mental games? Like, how do you, how do you handle, I mean, is it the back to back long runs that are teaching mentally how to hang or like, what do you? What are you doing? There, there has to be something you've learned. Um, I think, I think uh, there's a few things. I mean, yeah, sure, those back-to-back long runs, uh, they, they help you out. Um, things will get tough during those. Uh, you know, sounds funny, but it definitely works. Positive, positive self-talk on the trail when you're out there by yourself. Uh, you know, talk to yourself in third person, and it's, it's funny. Uh, smile. And, you know, you just laugh it off when you're out there and, you know, things are hurting. Just remember you paid to be out there and, uh, you know, just, you just all having fun. Everybody's. Do you, do you listen to music while you run? Uh, not during, I don't listen to music during races. Um, every once in a while I'll throw on a podcast on a run. Um, but not, not too commonly. I'm usually, if you see me out running, I'm probably not going to have, anything in my ears. Uh, I, I like to listen to my breathing. 
Um, you know, I like to listen to the birds. Uh, it's, yeah, it's just peaceful. I, I like to run yeah. for, for all the, all the reasons, uh, I, I like to be outside. I, so mean, you're, I just like to enjoy you're nature. meditating a lot. I would assume mm-hmm. is that, is that help just balance out work stress and yeah, I'd, I'd say a lot of that planning, uh, planning date nights, it's stressful, <laughs> it's stressful. Yeah. Getting, getting, getting off work and going out for a run. Definitely. Definitely does help, uh, help me go to sleep at night. <clears throat> so if I jumped in the uh, passenger side of your car, I don't know if you'd have a CD changer or not, but, and I, I clicked eject and there was a CD. What, what music do you listen to? Um, you might find, you know, bluegrass, um, you might find, man, that could be anything. Some just kind of indie rock. Uh, I mean, there, there's, there could be a whole bunch of different things in there. Most of the time in my car, uh, I commute about 40 minutes every day, uh, each way to work. Uh, a lot of times I'm, I'm doing podcasts. Um, but, uh, specifically yeah. middle of the pack, ultra running podcasts, I'm assuming, <laughs> uh, they, uh, <laughs> all kinds of different podcasts. Um, anything from, you know, science related stuff to just yeah. random facts, historical figures. I love, love some history. We'll throw down um, some, throw down some history. Let's, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> let's hear some physics. I tried to get Candace Burt to open up about some <laughs> some crazy physics knowledge, but we just couldn't get, couldn't get the groove going there. Um, what questions do you have for me? Do you have one or two questions? I'm just trying to switch it up here and then we'll call it a day. Yeah, I, I actually am kind of, uh, what, what, what makes you, um, want to do a 200 mile race with ICU looking at the triple crown this year? Um, what, what's, what's your motivating factor for, you know, something so large, uh, as 640 miles in three races. You're good, man. I need to have you as co-host. You just threw down. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that's a good question. I mean, again, it's, uh, for me, I say it a lot, but it's about the sense of exploring and adventure. So mm-hmm. you get out there for, and you set aside four days to do a race or five days, um, you know, everything's taken care of, you know, outside of, you get to essentially go into this somewhat safe environment and go explore. I mean, you can't sign up to like, well, I guess you could, but there's no real modern day explorers, you know, like Google, Google maps has taken care of a lot of that for us. Um, and I feel like the non repetitive ultras is where it's at like that's why i am in love with the whole destination trail concept that when i run something like i don't have to repeat it like i can jump over this single rock and i never have to see it again if i don't want to but i'm sure you get the same thing um yeah you're just hopping over that rack rock like twice the speed and uh <laughs> you're you're probably suffering a lot worse at parts too honestly uh I don't know. I mean, I think I think uh, all, all the all the suffer is you know almost in the end the same. Uh, somebody who's out there for you know twenty hours versus somebody who's out there for thirty six hours. I, I mean, I I couldn't. I don't think I could physically. I mean, I I would I would drop. Like I I don't I don't think I have that mental toughness to 
be out there for you don't i mean you don't if if you don't think you do you don't yeah Um, (laughs) and it's it's do whatever training essentially tricks your brain into thinking you're ready for it and that's like when in my opinion you're ready mentally to handle it Mm -hmm. um but yeah you can't go into a 200 with any kind of self-doubt like that you really have to i think that's probably half the race is uh, the mental component of at least thinking you can do it <laughs> and you might be totally delusional um, and sometimes reality meets that delusion and it's ugly but uh, <laughs> yeah all right so last question I'll throw your way um, do you have an athlete that you look up to regardless uh... of what sport or maybe a person that um, you know has influenced you as a runner yeah, I mean, with within the sport, I mean, I, I think there's a ton of athletes that I look up to and, and that have really inspired me to, uh, you know, build more than just a, a resume within running. Um, I mean, people that give back. Um, I mean, you see that with like, uh, you know, Claire Gallagher and Dakota Jones and who are super environmentally conscious of, you know, their impacts and, and, you know, what, what kind of influences they have. Uh, but then you also have your, your super tough, just awesome athletic veterans like, you know, Mike Wardian and Jeff Browning and Ian Sharman. And, uh, but then also I could just say, you know, you got people like Zach Miller who just, you know, are having a blast and absolutely wrecking themselves. Um, <laughs> There's so many, there's so many fun, awesome people, uh, that anybody could find a role model, uh, even just within this sport. Um, I think I've found plenty of positive influences, uh, in, in trail running. And, you know, I think so many people are going, doing a good job to give back and, you know, make, make the best out of, uh, you know, what, what they got and, and, and running just happens to be the platform for that. Travis, I truly enjoyed it. I really hope I see you out at Georgia Death Race, and if not, I will see you out at Western States. I hope, and uh, yeah, I'll I'll be buying beer if I see you out at Western States. <laughs> um, but yeah, first and foremost, just have a, a safe, you know, great experience at Georgia Death Race, and really hope I'm able to make it out there for the race. Great, yeah. Best of uh, luck to you, Rob. Uh, I hope I see you, uh, you know, I hope I see you at both spots as well. Um, but if not, I do appreciate you, uh, having me on. It's uh, been a pleasure. Oh, it's an honor to have you and we'll stay in touch. And next time you're in Colorado, reach out. So I appreciate it. And, and thanks for all the cool insights. Great. Thanks, Rob.